What's going on, guys? This is a special episode of The Ultimate Guide to Self-Publishing. I'm with my boy, Jake Sugg. So he is my representative from WeFunder, right? So if you don't know anything about WeFunder, it's one of the top five, you know, equity crowdfunding sites in the world, right? And Jake here, he's been working with me for years. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience and also tell them a little bit about WeFunder and what it means to independent creators or small businesses. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Um, my name is Jake. I lead the launch team at WeFunder, which means working with founders as they go through the crazy process of launching a community round on WeFunder. And WeFunder is the biggest and first uh, equity crowdfunding platform or what we like to call uh, sort of community rounds. So we are a platform that allows companies, pre-IPO companies, so private companies, small businesses, to raise money from their community. So not just wealthy accredited investors, but also non-accredited investors. So what that means on the other side is it's a platform that allows everyone to invest as little as a hundred bucks into companies that they love. Dope, dope. So I was obviously one of these people who came in more as a creator and not necessarily like, you know, I'm not coming in to sell tires. I'm coming in to sell mm -hmm. IP, right? My, um, my um, ideas. So at the beginning, right, there was a couple of things I had to do just to launch a campaign. What, are, what were the things that I had to have prepared before I could even begin thinking about raising capital and getting investors from my community? For sure. So you've been around the block for a while. Uh, there have been some new laws that went into effect last year that sort of simplifies the process. So essentially, in order to get started now, if you have a pitch deck, you are good to go. So as soon as you can kind of put together a simple profile page, you can start raising money from investors in your community. However, to your point, uh, in order to actually close on the funds and get money into your bank account, there is paperwork that you have to do that's required by the SEC. Uh, so generally, the most intense things are you need to figure out what terms you are issuing to investors. So the big distinction and the big point of confusion to a lot of people when they hear community rounds, when they hear WeFunder, when they hear equity crowdfunding, is they think it's like Kickstarter or they think it's like, uh, I don't know, like Indiegogo or another sort of rewards-based platform. Yeah. But but that's not the case. When you are raising a WeFunder, you are uh, issuing securities to investors. You are selling stock in your company. You're raising on a debt instrument, on a safe, on a convertible note. Uh, so this is an actual investment in the company. People are not just handing you a donation. They are investing in you. That is one so you, that is one thing that I've heard a million times too. I donated on WeFunder. I say, you ain't donate nothing. Uh, you own a piece no. of my company. <laughs> that thing is gone. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I talked to founders and I'm like, oh, I don't want to ask for donations. I'm like, no, no, no. You are not asking for donations. If you believe your company is successful, uh, you owe it to your friends in your community to give them the opportunity to invest in you. Because if this takes off and you've only raised money from sort of institutions and you never let your community pop in, then come on, man, right? That's uh, true. Now, I've, um, one thing is this, right? Obviously, this is not the first thing somebody should do if they like, because most mm -hmm. of my, my people who are listening to me on my podcast are listening because they're writing books, right? Or they're writing comics mm -hmm. or something like that. 
Um, so this is obviously not the first step, right? Obviously, they want to prove themselves a little earlier, get some traction. What is? What do you think is like the minimum amount of traction somebody should go in before they actually start asking for money on a platform like WeFunder? Yeah, that's a good question. I think another sort of common misconception is uh, if I'm a founder with a company and I cannot get any sort of investments from traditional people, whether it's VCs, family offices, angel investors, then I can just go on WeFunder and people will throw money at my face, right? <laughs> that that is, that is not the case. Like WeFunder's thesis is that uh, venture capital is very inequitable, right? 2% of VC goes towards women. Um, I think it's like 3% or it could be lower uh, goes to African-American founders. It's super inequitable. It's 80% uh, of VC is deployed between California, New York, and Massachusetts. So if you are a brewery, for example, who are the people who are going to know whether or not you're a good investment opportunity? It's people on the block. It's the people who go to your, who go to your brewery, right? So the community, the crowd is, is wise. Um, so that's our thesis. So sometimes people think, well, I'm not good enough for these other terms, but are these other sort of investors? But if I just go to my community, they're not going to know the difference. And we don't think that's true. Um, forget where I was going with that, but uh, I think we, basically what you were trying to say is that you know if you don't have customers, then you must oh, exactly. you most likely won't have investors. Right. right? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and at, and at the end of the day, right? Like uh, it is similar to sort of Kickstarter and these other sites, and that momentum matters. Mm -hmm. Right. If I go to WeFunder and I see a super cool company, but no one has invested yet, I will second guess myself. Yep. So it is important. So in terms of traction, you do need to sort of prime the pump and then have that initial sort of investment volume come from your network. So the way WeFunder works right now is 50K is the bar. So you need to raise $50,000 from your network in order to activate uh, sort of the WeFunder promotions to our, I think it's like 1.5 million investors now. So where does that one, where does that first 50K come from? could come from your viewers, your customers, your subscribers. Mm -hmm. It could come from investors in your community. It could come from your friends. It could come from your high school and college buddies. Uh, but it is up to you to kind of show that there is, you need to have uh, the first people go to the dance floor, so to speak. Yeah. And that's the same for Kickstarter and every other platform. Nobody, strangers don't want to be the first. Right. Strangers are not the people who are going to give you that first sum of money. It's always the base the people that's been with you for a while, which is why I always say like raising capital is kind of a, a third year thing, right? Mm -hmm. You say it might be mm -hmm. a little earlier, right? If you have a lot of traction, but for the most part, most companies and most people, any creator, it's probably going to wait till year three before they ever start really ra like raising capital. And most importantly, your valuation matters. So, mm. right. It's like, if you ain't got no traction yet, you know, you're going to be giving away a lot of your company for a little bit mm -hmm. of money, right? Realistically. Um, so, you know, people, I have seen people say they're worth $30 million and they, they haven't done anything, but their campaigns also fail. So it doesn't really right. matter, <laughs> you know? So, um, I just, I just think it's very important that people watch out for that. Now, um, the way this usually works, there's multiple ways to raise capital. So please explain to them what, what is the different types of raises that people make, mm -hmm. Um, and what are the new innovative ways of raising capital that you've seen so far on WeFunder? Because I know some people have done more 
intricate ways of raising capital on the platform. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can expand on that. For sure. So broadly speaking, the, the two classes of securities, so to speak, like the actual thing that you are offering to investors, you have equity and you have debt. So equity is a piece of your business. Uh, and then you kind of set what the valuation is, how much you value your company. And then that determines sort of the, the share price or, or whatever that you're selling to investors. So that's one broad category and there are different types of uh, investment terms underneath that umbrella. And then the other uh, category is debt, right? So the, the class of debt that everyone's familiar with is a loan, right? So one example would be a loan with a 10% interest rate or something. Um, the, both of those are appealing to different types of companies. So if I own equity in your business, what is the financial incentive for me? And uh, if I own equity in the business, then I am probably hoping that there is some sort of exit event for that company. The company goes public, right? They have an IPO, they're on NASDAQ mm -hmm. or something, or they're acquired by a bigger company. The company could choose if they reach a certain scale to also issue dividends to investors. Those are, that's the way I will get paid out as an investor by owning equity in a company. Yeah. Uh, debt is different. Debt is not contingent on the company reaching a massive scale and IPOing or being acquired by a much bigger company. If the company is uh, has a steady cash flow and they have revenues and they're able to pay back investors, then the investors who uh, invested on a simple loan or invested on a revenue or share or something like that will get paid back. So when you are thinking about what sort of terms make sense, that's sort of like the, the first question to ask is, what is the long-term vision for my company? Yeah. I don't want to own equity in a company that only wants to get to sort of like a, a small scale and just like flatline forever, right? I want to own equity in a, in, a fat, in, a, in a company that has the trajectory to be really massive and have a, a really compelling exit event. So basically, like if you're a restaurant, right, you might, yeah, you might want, you might want debt if you're an investor, right? Because, you know, the scalability is very hard, franchising is extremely hard, a long game, and most likely it's going to have good revenue, but it's not going to be like a billion dollars, <laughs> right? Exactly. In, in, in like a couple of years. Um, but if it's more like a company that's doing technology or intellectual property or something like mm -hmm. that, that could eventually get licensed or bought out, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're like, hey, I want an actual piece of that. And I don't plan on getting paid for a while. But when I do get paid, plan on getting paid a lot. <laughs> exactly. Right. So um, and, and I think that's also something that I've seen a lot of people. They ask me like, yo, what's what's going on, man? What's the return going to hit? And I'm like, bro, we just did this like two years ago. It's a long mm -hmm. game, man. It's a long oh, yeah. game. You know? uh, so we do have that understanding of it, right? Uh, I do, I do, I do sometimes like think though, like a lot of people, you know, when they get into equity and whether it's right for them or not, they got to understand <laughs> what's the whole point of this in the first place. Right. It's like, when you do Kickstarter, you're kind of funding like a couple of, like maybe a book or two or, or some products or something like that, but you don't go to WeFunder for petty stuff. Right. This is about mm -hmm. scalability. So why what is the motivation for people deciding I'm not going to crowdfund and, you know, do make a, a glorified pre-order? I'm looking to do the next two years of growth. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and what, what is that logic behind people just deciding, hey, it's time to do a half a million or more, you know? For sure. I think you sort of hit the nail on the head. It is sort of about scale. 
right? So if you do kind of want to take in, and people raise big Kickstarter rounds now, but uh, if you do kind of want to raise a larger sum of capital, uh, issuing equity or debt is generally going to be a more effective way to do that than pre-sales or, or another sort of uh, means like that. Um, the other thing is you going back to kind of like figuring out what sort of terms make sense. Do we do a safe to convertible note price round? There are a bunch of different options. Uh, the best sort of thing that you can do, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in justifying whether or not your terms are a good value to investors is showing that there is interest. Now, of course, there's a chicken and the egg sort of uh, dilemma there. But if you do have more investor type people in your network, have conversations with them, right? Talk to them. Like uh, if you were to invest in our company, broadly speaking, what sort of valuation makes sense, right? Have those conversations. Setting valuation is crazy hard. It is more of an art than a science. They vary tremendously. It's, it's not just like an easy formula that you can um, put on. So if you can kind of show folks that I do have one investor or I do have a, a few investors who are a little mm -hmm. bit more serious, right? They've invested in other companies before and they think a 5 million free money valuation or whatever it is makes sense. That is going to help sort of justify it to, to sort of a, a broad range of people. Yeah, that's for sure. Like one thing, one thing that I was definitely planning on doing um, is eventually I'm going to raise some capital to do video games, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be some kind of profit sharing model, model in there. Um, and, you know, the main thing that I have as far as intent is, you know, I already have uh, relationships with Microsoft, right? Mm -hmm. so, so there's some Xbox line, you know, plays and institutional capital, you know, there, I just need to get past the initial um finish line right and mm -hmm. that's always a good thing to have like those kind of things because it, it basically allows you to ask for a higher valuation because you know they already you know if xbox is getting involved they plan on hitting x amount of houses no matter what right it's just it's just the way they they normally do business so you know people can expect certain things if they're involved in the process and and that's important for everybody whether you're a medical person right if you're doing medical supplies and you already have a you know distribution in one hospital it's not even you only have to have like a million hospitals right, right. one location is good enough to say and what if we had 50 <laughs> exactly right? it's like you so yeah i feel you on that one i think it's very important now um how long does it usually take for most companies to raise whatever goal they're planning on, on raising? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it varies tremendously. We've seen companies close out their round in a day. Others will take many, many months. On average, I would say probably three-ish months of active fundraising. It really does vary on a lot of factors. I think the biggest factor is kind of the way WeFunder works and the way that how I understand Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and other sort of uh, community around platforms work is that there is a private period and then there is a public period. The private period is, uh, it's a private link. You share it with your community, they get first mm -hmm. access. So when you go public to WeFunder's community or Kickstarter's homepage or whatever it is, there's already traction, right? You've already built up the momentum. So depending on- There's none of that much, on Kickstarter. Oh, for real? Yeah, Kickstarter is like, like they can sign up for like um, a notification when the campaign launches, 
you can't put a single dollar in until the launch is, is public. Whoa, so I didn't we, know that. So yeah, WeFunder is definitely more unique. And I guess uh, equity crowdfunding in general is mm-hmm. unique in that you can literally hide the link and only your people who have direct access to that link can invest before anybody else does. That's how I usually raise my big giant, you know, 100K on, <laughs> on in the first days I was, because they know they're getting complete, you know, they're getting um, exclusive access with nobody else being able to invest yet, but they have a limited amount of time, like three days or something like that of exclusivity. So exactly. Keep going, man. I, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So I think, you know, to your point, it's all about sort of urgency. So if you can launch publicly already with a lot of money raised, there's more urgency. I want to invest before it sells out. Yes. And same thing, you know, that is, we always see an upswing in the last week of closing, right? People want to wait. People want to wait and see what other people do. But if you tell them, no, 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 you have two days, you invest now, or you, this opportunity is lost, right? It's not like you can go on Robinhood and just buy shares another day. No, no, no. You have two days. So the more you can sort of uh, orchestrate everything to happen in a uh, sort of shorter time window and kind of create that snowball effect, that's the better avenue to go to. And in the end, you're going to spend less time rather than just having something dragging out for months at a time. Yeah, 100%. So one thing one thing I, um, I think people don't know, right, is that to have a successful investment round, right? And max out, right? First of all, if you max out pretty quickly, like let's say you, you know, intend to raise $250,000, right? And somebody else is raising $2 million, right? It doesn't matter if they're raising $2 million, if it takes them six months to raise like 1.5 million, you're mm-hmm. like, they overvalued themselves. Simple as that, right? If they were looking for 2 million and then they, they, they got about 1.5 before they finally had to close it out, right? They mm-hmm. overvalued themselves. That's not exactly a good bode for future rounds, right? Let's say you raised two hundred fifty thousand, and it happened in like a week, right? Mm-hmm. And that was your goal. You're like, well, I totally undervalued myself, right? Because obviously you did. But more importantly, is people who want to get into that next round, they're looking mm-hmm. for ways to support you to so you can get so they can get that first message, especially if they, you ended up, you know, because the six day rule, right? The six, yeah. the six days of death, right? It's like, you're way past your goal. There's no way you can take that money, but you can't stop them from putting money in, right? So so you got six days of anarchy where people are throwing money in, knowing they're going to get refunded one day, right? And it's like, you can't stop them. You can do everything you can to tell them, but there's nothing you can do about algorithms, right? They're going to see it mm-hmm. and they're going to go in and put their money in. But that makes a lot of big difference in the future because your next investment round is going to be highly sought for. Those people who got refunded are going to want to try to get on your list however they can. Maybe you got a patron. Maybe you got customer base, right? And you're like, hey, my customers are going to get the email first. You got a lot more customers coming in a lot more frantically because they don't want to miss that next round because you're so awesome and hot and people want to be invested in you. That doesn't happen Mm -hmm. with Kickstarter. If you have a viral Kickstarter campaign, you're not going to get anything from like, like, like the next Kickstarter might be freaking low as hell compared to that first one. Right. Mm-hmm. I've seen people who did $150,000 on Kickstarter for a comic book series. And then the next Kickstarter, they raised 20,000. Right. They're like, Oh, but yeah. what happened to the support? It's like Kickstarter is very of the moment. Whereas mm-hmm. WeFunder, if you're overly successful on WeFunder or overly successful on any equity crowdfunding campaign, 
the next round's gonna get even bigger because people are gonna be like, I can't be left out again like exactly. I was last time, you know? For sure. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think you did a fantastic job at this. Uh thinking about Legion M too is another good example, right? You wanna leave people wanting more. Uh it's uh it's if it's going to be a six month grind and you don't come anywhere near to your goal, then you're right. When people come and see round two, they're gonna assume that there's gonna be time, there's gonna be room. But if you oversubscribe quickly and then you have a lot of people who are interested and you can kind of nurture those people, right? Email them, give them updates, give them the heads up, let them be the first set of people who are invited to the second campaign. Uh, and then you have sort of the the momentum that you need for the second one. Or do a paywall. I always like paywalls. Ooh, right? so, yeah, so there you go. That's what patron is to me. I'd be like, look, if you're not a previous investor or a patron, you're not getting in on those first three days, period. You said an early That's bird special, smart. right? We always do our early birds. Yeah. Right. Uh, before I talk about my early bird special, what is an early bird special, Jake? Yeah, your question. Uh, early bird special is a discount for the first people to invest. For example, you can say I'm raising a million dollars at a uh, 10 million pre-money valuation, but the first 250K that come in, get it at an 8 million pre-money valuation. And uh, this is so important. It is such a, a best practice because urgency is the name of the game. And if we kind of look at the investment opportunity through the lens, of someone who is completely objective, and no one is completely objective, but for the sake of the example, let's say they are, I would wait into the very last day to invest. Why? Because I have more information. I see what other people have done. Yep. It de-risks my investment, right? I have I have more intel. But if, they're, if I'm going to miss out, if I wait a week, then I'm going to invest now because I want the better price. So it always is always a best practice. I would always recommend that people do some sort of early bird, uh, early bird special. So, uh- Talk about prices, right? So what does that mean if I wanted to invest $1,000 at uh, $8 million valuation as opposed to a uh, $10 million valuation? How much How much equity am I getting as far as dollar value? That's a good question. So essentially, uh, uh, if I get too boring with the semantics, let me know. But basically, <laughs> the when we say pre-money valuation, in the context of, of companies issuing stock, that is the most important number, is what the pre-money valuation is. The pre-money valuation is the, the total price of the company, what the company is valued at before money goes in, right? Pre-money. Post-money is the pre-money valuation plus whatever money you raise in that fundraising round. So the math is if I invest a million dollars into a company, at a 10 million post money valuation, I now own 10% of that company. That is how the ownership is calculated. Uh, a lot of times people get fixed on share price. Share, like the, the share price is a uh, kind of just a, in the context of private investments, the share price is arbitrary. It all depends on how many shares are outstanding, right? So in that example, once again, I'm investing a million dollars in a company that's valued at 10 million post, right? Um, if they have, hopefully I can do the math, but let's say they have, uh, a hundred shares in the entire company after I invest, then I'm going to own 10 shares of the company. doesn't really matter because they still own 10%. If they have, uh, 10 million shares outstanding, 
I'm going to own a million shares. And then the more shares, the the lower the share price, the the lower number of it shares. Still the means higher. nothing. It still means nothing, right? Like if it, so, that's the thing, right? On WeFunder, people get confused with all the time. Public markets a little bit different, but on on WeFunder, right? We try to show the free money valuation. People can look at the share price in, in the offering documents, but people get caught up on that and it doesn't matter, right? The share price is just kind of like an order of magnitude. The pre money valuation is the thing that actually matters. That kind of determines how much what percentage the company... of the company you're actually buying. And if there's exactly. a 20% discount, that means you basically got 20% more of the company than you would have gotten for your money. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. people don't, people underestimate that so much. Momentum is the game. If you can raise half your damn goal in the first like day, right? Mm -hmm. of, of public raise. People are on notice. They're about to miss out. If you've had it in the past, but you way overshot on oversubscriptions, mm -hmm. they're going to be frantic to make sure they don't miss out again, you know, because you never know when somebody might get on Shark Tank, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, so it's always best to be owners in there right now. Like for me, you know, the, the original investors, they're doing great right now. The amount of, of traction we have behind us is phenomenal compared to where we were when we first started our first investment round, right? And I always say that it's like, if you believe somebody is doing the right thing and they have some numbers behind them and clarity in their accounting, you know, you need to go and, you know, get in there early, you know, don't, don't be lazy. Don't, don't be late. Right. And whatever loopholes they said you have to have in order to be in that first round, maybe that's not worth it. The first time they do an investment round, but when they're doing round two, round three, whatever, mm -hmm. you better, I don't care what they say they have, you have to do in order to get into that thing. Make sure you're early, man. It could save you a lot of money. For instance, for me, I have a $20 paywall, right? I have a patron. People donate every month on patron, right? But if you're one of the first investors and I gave you a 10% discount and you're doing a $1,000 round, right? Are you doing a $1,000 investment, right? You're basically getting you know, an additional $100, right? So that's mm -hmm. five months of subscription. But what if you're one of those people who do 10,000, right? You're like, I'm investing $10,000, which a lot of people have. You know, that's $1,000. How many years of subscriptions do you need to make that up? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like how many years of, of subscriptions will make up that $1,000 of extra equity that you got in my company? You know what I'm saying? So I always tell people, you know, think about the discount first before you go talking about, oh, I don't know whether I should think about the discount people normally get when they come in early in the round. You know what I'm saying? It could be a huge mm -hmm. difference in how much money you're actually going to keep. Totally. Totally. So, um, you know, I'm going to keep this. I don't want to keep the, I want to keep you too long, but we're about to hit that 30 minute mark. So um, last words for anybody who um, is looking to get into equity crowdfunding for their brand. Um, you know, what is the advice you would give them? Uh, I'm gonna give them some right now. Make sure your accounting is properly done. Mm -hmm. You will have to deal with CPAs. So, um, careful about that. What, what, what do you got for them, Jake? For sure. Uh, first go to wefunder.com. We have tons of FAQs, uh, other sort of articles, collateral. If you are, you know, we, we throw in a lot of terms like pre-money valuation. We talked about saves convertible notes, like the financial requirements, all this stuff. There is a ton of information on wefunder.com about all of that. Um, 
And then also uh, feel free to put like my email in the show notes or something if there are uh, content creators who are looking uh, to, to, to raise on WeFunder, I'd love to chat with them. Uh, but in terms of general advice, I think the, the way you look at this is um, imagine if you have thousands of people who are literally financially incentivized to help your company. Right. That is the vision of and that is why uh, companies like Black Sands and others have chosen to do community rounds because you literally have this army of ambassadors who are incentivized to help you and help your company grow. So it can be an extremely powerful thing, especially for companies who are consumer facing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so there's just so much synergy and launching a community round is not just a means for capital. Uh, but it, it could be one of the best sort of marketing campaigns that you will ever run for that reason. Um, but uh, like I said earlier in the in the conversation last year, the the rules were were changed to make the barrier to entry much lower, so companies can start raising immediately. You still have to have a CPA to look at your financials and do all of this stuff, but yep. there's nothing stopping you from putting together a profile and sort of seeing what the interest is from your community. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, one hundred percent, you guys. Yo, Jake, Jake's a beast, man. He's going to help you out. And, and WeFund has been pretty quick as far as like things that they normally do, right? Like they get you in and out. Uh, your fees. What are the fees for raising capital on WeFunder? That's a good information to close out on. Yeah, for sure. So the only fee that WeFunder charges is we charge 7.5% off of the total funds that you raise, assuming that you actually close on funds. So if you put together a campaign page, you start raising money, you determine, actually, I'm not ready for this yet. Everyone's refunded. We do not charge you a penny. Okay. Um, and then additionally, uh, we can offer a, a $2,500 credit as well for any folks listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so we can give you $2,500 credit as well. Um, and I can send the details of that as well. But yeah, that's the only, there are no hidden fees. Uh, a lot of other platforms will charge you for being featured in marketing for to file yeah. stuff with the SEC. I've seen that. that is, Pain the ass. <laughs> it's crazy. Like escrow fees, all kinds of stuff. So we try to be, we're a public benefit corp. We're a B Corp. We try to be the, not only the most uh, inexpensive, but also the most transparent for, for fees. Okay. Well, there you go. So Jake Suggs from WeFunder, one of our, um, well, my specific rep, right? He might re-up in you too one day. Who knows? That's right. um, but you know, there's not much turnover on at WeFunder, right? These guys have been there for years, right? Mm -hmm. They they their team is pretty consistent. You're not gonna be changing out anybody if you do work with WeFunder. Um, and you know, uh, it's only for those who feel like they're ready to go. They got a lot of customers, all right. Don't be talking about, you know, I, I just finished my book, I'm about to go on WeFunder. You do that, man. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> laugh at you as you fail because I'm gonna be like, you kind of earned this one, and now you need to reset, right? Everybody needs a little humbling sometimes, right? And me too, I've failed miserably in a lot of things and killed books. So please take it, take it slow, right. Once you got a good customer base and you knocked a couple of Kickstarters out, start thinking about maybe, you know, going a little wide, right, with a, a, an investment round through WeFunder or something, okay? So that's it, that's it for today. Um, you guys have a great weekend. This has been Crowdfunding Week, uh, and we're out. Thank you. Thank you so much.